Well, good morning, City View. Oh, come on now, that's weak. Good morning, City View. Hey, man, listen, you know, I like some feedback, okay? I like some talk back, so talk back to me, all right? So it's all good, but here's, here's the thing. Everybody say this with me. I matter. Say it again. All right, do this. Look at your neighbor and say, you matter. All right, look at your other neighbor. If you have the same neighbor, because your social distancing is fine, just look at him again say it again. You matter. You matter. I just want to pause on that just for a quick second and really let that sink in because you matter. We matter. I matter. You have something to give. You have something to live for, someone to touch, someone to pray for, someone to encourage. Why? Well, it's simple because God created you and you matter. You matter. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20 says this, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourselves, and music, making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So today I have three key points that I want to share with you. And a whole lot of sub points as well. So just fasten your seatbelts because I believe that uh, we're we are in for a ride today. But listen, I want to make this very clear. This isn't a graduate message, okay? This isn't like, hey, I'm graduating into life so check out, you know, because this is for our high schoolers or our college students. No, this is for every person that's here today. All right? Why? Because we all matter. You matter. And so we're going to jump right in. So you're, you're thinking, all right, well, Pastor Tony, what are these three points? Okay, what, 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 are, what do you have to say to us today? Well, here it is. The first point is this. We must live, we must live a life full of hunger for God. We must live a life full of hunger for God. Now, when I say that, you know, I, I'm going to say something here, but I've been working out, but not too much here in the last few weeks because life has been crazy for us, okay? I mean, we have a daughter graduating today. She's not here because she's leaving for her senior trip today. So it's crazy, but yet we had a basketball game last night. We've had baseball games. It's been absolutely crazy. The end of the year, all the COVID stuff. But my body reminds me that I need nourishment. I don't know about your body, but my body reminds me that I need nur nourishment, right? So as you can tell, I'm not starving, all right? I'm not exactly starving, but it does good to satisfy, you know, that need, you know, to, to, to have some nourishment. Unfortunately, there are some Christians that are living, that are, that are coming, that they're, they're starving because they only mainly eat from God's Word on Sundays, if I, were to eat, if I were to eat a small meal each and every day of the week, I'd feel pretty nourished, pretty, I'd feel pretty good physically. And the same thing goes with the bread of life. You see, God, he wants to feed us through his word. It doesn't have to be three chapters. Maybe it's just, you know, a, a small little scripture a day. Maybe it's just a chapter a day. Maybe I don't know what it is from God's word or from the radio or a song or Facebook. But listen, we all need God's nourishment in our life. 
John Piper writes this about staying hungry for the Lord out of his book, uh, 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 hungry, for, hungry for God. It says this, if you, don't feel strong, if you don't feel strong desires for manifestation of, of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Your soul is stuffed with small things and there's no room for the great. Think about that just for a minute. There's no room for the great because we're so engulfed in the world. I, uh, like pastor, I subscribe to many, like, uh, podcasts and just e-blasts e and different things. And Pastor Rick Warren, pastor of Saddleback Church, he, he sends out an e-devo. And uh, I read it almost two years ago. I think it was July of 2019. And I shared these, these, uh, these thoughts with you when it comes to staying hungry for the Lord. And thought number one from Pastor Rick is this, and I think this is so powerful. Remind yourself daily how much God loves you. If you want to stay hungry for the Lord, remind yourself each and every day how much God absolutely loves you. The more that you understand how much God loves you, the more you're going to love him. Catch that. The more that you understand how much God loves you, the more you're going to love him. Ephesians 3, 8, and 19 says, And you may have the power to understand, as all God's, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Thought number two that comes from Pastor Rick is stop filling up with fast food. We live in a fast food society, right? I mean, I can tell you, we, we go to, I think, we, I think my family kid keeps Chick-fil-A up in Rancho Bernardo in business. I'm telling you. We have, uh, my, my, so we've gotten to the point now where my kids have the app, and every time they just go through, they just, you know, they take money from mom and dad's account, put it on the app, and they buy their food. No problem. Right, but anyway, I think that uh, we 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 keep them we keep them pretty pretty busy. Um, but you know, we're all spiritual beings made in the image of God. However, as a human, we have something missing in our hearts that only God can fill. And when you try and fill it with status or success or salary or possession or prestige or anything other than God, it's just not fulfilling. Did you catch that? It's just not fulfilling. You see, we need God to come into our lives, and we need him to be not just the fast food, but the nourishment in our lives, right? Proverbs 15, 14 says, a wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash. I don't know about you, but I want to be hungry for knowledge. I want to be hungry for wisdom. I want to be hungry for the things of God. The third thought for staying hungry for the Lord is this, make knowing God your number one goal. Absolutely make knowing God your number one goal. Happiness is a natural byproduct of knowing the Lord. Did you know that? Happiness is a natural byproduct of knowing who God is and how God has changed your life. It's true. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and what God wants. Then all other needs will be met as well. The third, the third thought when it comes to being hungry for the Lord is this. Read God's word every 
day. The Bible is the chicken soup, or in other words, the food that's the food for our very soul. Eating just one meal a week won't keep you filled or your soul healthy. In the same way, we need God's word each and every day. I know I've shared this stat before, but I'm going to share it with you now again. And I'm not going to go through all the detail, but even if you're a slow reader, get this. Even if you're a slow reader, you can read the Bible through in one year. Not only that, you can read your Tom Clancy or whatever novels. You can read like three or four of those and other commentaries to help you study the Bible in one year. Even if you're a slow reader like me. There's no excuse to not be in God's word. We need to be in God's word each and every, every, each and every day of our lives. Why? Because it's nourishment for our soul. It is the chicken soup, literally, for our soul. It is the food that we need to eat. We need to breathe spiritually. Why? Because it's God's word. Why? Because other people are watching. Why? Well, you want to eat, don't you? Don't just come to church thinking, I'm going to go get my meals for the week. I'm going to go to, go to church like it's the Vaughn's or the Ralph's and you're just going to stock up for the week, you know, or whatever and, and not eat anything. No, be in God's word each and every day. The fourth or fifth, whatever, appetite, uh, or I'm sorry, the fourth uh, point or fifth point of living a full life hunger for God is this. Appetite is influenced by association. Appetite is influenced by association. If you hang out with people who, can, who only care about cars, sports, working out, politics, or, well, you fill in the blank, whatever it is, that's what you're going to care about. So get around people who care about the Lord. Get around people who want to be talking about God's goodness. Now, I'm not saying that that needs to be your only conversation, that, you know, you go to work, hey, you know, God is good. I mean, that's great. You know, I mean, you can have everyday conversation, but also be around people who want and desire to grow in the Lord. You know what? Join a small group. You say, well, Pastor Tony, we don't have small groups right now we're, because we're in COVID. Well, guess what? We're going out of COVID, all right? We're going to start small groups in September. It's all good, all right? We want you to join a small group. Why? Because it's important for you to be a part of, of a group of people, of a group of people who love and care about and want to grow in the things of God. Proverbs 2.20 says, Thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep the paths of the righteous. So those are just a few ways to stay hungry for the Lord. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure you're like, well, what about this or what about that? Well, those are just a few things that I wanted to share with you today. But the next point is this. Live a life of humility. Point number two is live a life of humility. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. He will lift you up. Humbling ourselves means recognizing that our worth comes from God alone. It's recognizing our desperate need for his help and submitting to his will for our lives. Although we do not deserve God's favor, he reaches out, touches us in love, and gives us worth, dignity, Worth and dignity despite our human shortcomings. I have a great, a few great illustrations that talk about this. And the first one, when it comes to humbling yourself, is 
the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. You see, according to Luke chapter 18, when Jesus noted those around him who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, he told the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector who found themselves together in the temple praying. The contrast between the two men challenged the tendency we have towards self-righteousness. You see, the Pharisee prayed about himself, while the tax collector humbled himself and prayed, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus pointed out that the only, the, Jesus pointed out that the only, um, sorry, Jesus pointed out that the only, ta- only the tax collector returned home justified before God. Well, what's the summary of this? Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. We must humble ourselves. The second illustration is found in Luke chapter 15 about how God will lift you up. And one of the most touching biblical illustrations that this truth uh, found in Jesus' parable of the prodigal or lost son. However, I think it should just be called the forgiving father. But the son takes his inheritance, sets out to, the, sets out to be the world's best friend. It was not until he found himself bankrupt in every way that he repented and returned home grieving. The son confessed to his father that he was unworthy to be called a son. I don't know about you, but my goodness, if my son came home and said that, that would just break my heart. It would break my heart. And I hope I would respond the way this father did. But the father lifted him up, welcomed him back into the family. You see, the act of returning required submission. The wayward son's words, repentance, required humility. And the end result was great joy. Humility before God will be followed by his lifting us up. You see, we must live a life of humility. It's so important. And not just walk around and say, well, you know, I'm a humble person. Have you ever met anybody? I'm humble. Yeah, you are. (laughs) That's what you want to say, right? (laughs) Live a life of humility. The third point is this. Live a life of passion, purpose, and gratitude. Live a life of purpose, of passion, purpose, and gratitude. Or purpose, passion, and gratitude, but I'm going passion, purpose, and gratitude. So let's talk about these one by one. Well, first of all, passion. Titus 2, chapter 11 through 13 says this. For the grace of God has appeared, has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say, no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. You see, the Apostle Paul encourages Titus to say no to ungodly, worldly passions, but I, I clearly, I mean, I believe that this scripture also promotes us to pursue godly passions. Pursue godly passions in our life. Pursue the fruit of the Spirit. Live a self-controlled and upright and godly life. Why? Because people are watching us. It matters what we say. It matters what we do. 
And let me just tell you, my daughter's not here. She may be watching online. I don't know. But she lost. She lost. They lost their basketball game last night, CIF. Man, it was, a, it, was, it was such a good game. Man, both teams left it all on the floor. And there's a few of you there, and you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it was back and forth, back and forth. And they ended up losing, ready for this, 56 to 55. It was a heartbreaker. And, of course, I'm doing the books, and I'm breaking my pencils and bending my glasses, you know. And I'm just like, ah, nobody could see that part. But I went outside, and, and, I, and I remember I looked at my wife. I said, I'm going to find that ref. I'm going to talk to him because there are several fouls he didn't call. Seriously. And I'm telling you the truth. I mean, Patrick was there. There's a few people there. But, I mean, I'm telling you the truth. There were so many fouls that were not called. However, that's not the reason why they lost. They were just the team on the wrong end of the, of the stick when it came down to it. Both teams played hard, played well. But I'll never forget my wife. She looked at me and she said, please don't say anything. Please don't say anything, Tony. And here's what got me. Because I said, why? This is last night. I had already written this message. Okay, I've already written this message. And last night I'm like, why? Why can't I say something? Because your son is behind you with all of his friends, and they're watching you. Mm. I think that made me more mad than the refs not calling the fouls. I was so angry. I mean, she's like, walk with me, walk with me, walk with me, walk, walk with me. <laughs> you know, I, I'm so thankful that I didn't say anything. I'm so thankful that Suzanne said that to me. Why? Because people are watching us. It doesn't matter. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the Lord. Pursue godly passions. Pursue the fruit of the Spirit. Pursue a life of self-control. Why? Because people are watching. Purpose. Let's talk about that for a second. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We should walk in his purpose. I'll never forget, my daughter was probably, oh, I don't know. Man, she was probably four or five years old. And we were leaving Bakersfield First Assembly, and we were headed to Orange County. But as we were leaving, I was asked to speak at all things a mission at camp. So I'm like the only guy there, right, and all these ladies or all these little girls and stuff. And, 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 and here's the thing. The theme, for the, the theme for the whole weekend was we are God's masterpieces. And they said to me, Pastor Tony, we want you to speak on how, on how our girls are God's masterpieces. And I'll never forget, I, I did a message and my daughter was there with me. It was just me and her. And she was, like I said, four or five. She was real young. And I think she was actually four years old. And uh, I'll never forget afterwards, here's what, here's, what, here's what got me about when it comes to living a life of purpose for the Lord, is my daughter was up on the stage. Nobody else was around. She was on the stage behind the pulpit doing exactly what I was doing. I mean, right down to this, to this, to whatever. She was copying and mimicking me everything that I did. Well, how does that deal with purpose? Well, again, people are watching us. 
John Maxwell says this, success is knowing your purpose in life, growing to reach your maximum potential, and sowing seeds that benefit others. You see, your purpose in this life should always include benefiting someone else, not just yourself. We live in a society that it's all about us. But our life should always, always benefit somebody other than ourselves or a group of people. So look around. Look around the church. Look around your community and see what gives you an intense driving passion, an intense driving feeling. Maybe there's a certain area of ministry that you feel like aren't being served and you think that they should, you know, and they think they should be. Maybe you think, you know what, I don't know. I'm just going to pick on Pastor Ed, but maybe you feel like the seniors aren't being serviced the way they should. Well, instead of like going up and saying, well, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, maybe join him and ask, how can I help? What can I be a part of? How can I help you reach our seniors? Or maybe, you know what, maybe maybe it's, man, can I go to a convalescent hospital? Man, Man, can I go over here to our retirement center and just knock on doors and talk to people? Or can we set up a Bible study or whatever it may be, Right? Maybe homelessness is your passion. You may be able to contact local vendors and grocery stores and locate food and operating supplies to to help shelter or to help reach the homeless. Instead of complaining about the demise of the younger generation, why don't you jump into youth ministry or children's ministry and find out just how hard it is to work with these group of of, uh, individuals. Jump in, be a part. But your life needs to have purpose. And whatever it is, just do it. Talk to me, talk to pastor, talk to any of our pastors. We're here to help you. We're here to help encourage you, to help you build the dream or maybe what God is putting in your heart to do. Come and talk to us. Isaiah 6, 8 says this. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send? Whom should I send as a messenger to, the, to this people? Who will go for us? I said, here am I. Send me. You see, God is looking for willing volunteers. How about you? How about you? Jump in. Don't just, don't, you know, you go to the pool. (laughs) That's cold. I ain't jumping in. No, just jump in. I promise you. The water gets warmer. Jump in. And then gratitude. How do we live a life of gratitude? Well, feeling gratitude, I love this quote by William Arthur Ward. It says, feeling gratitude and never expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Now, I love my mom. I love her. I love her to death. But she's coming for graduation and I guarantee you there's going to be a Christmas present or something that comes with her. I don't know why. She just holds on to things until she sees us, right? But, man, it's like Christmas in, you know, June, okay? I was going to say July, but it's June, right? And, and so, anyway, but, man, like, think about this. Feeling gratitude and never expressing it is like having a, a wrapped present and not giving it. Ephesians 5.20 says this. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
You see, I believe this scripture verse gives us, the command, gives us a command that will absolutely change your life if you allow it to. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor Tony? Well, listen, I promise you, you start living a life or trying to live a life of gratitude, a life of thankfulness, guess what? All of a sudden, your perspective will change. I promise you, it will change. Be thankful, but also show your thankfulness to the Lord as well as to others. I used to work with a guy who's like, man, you know, it's just hard for me to say thank you. Really? Yeah, it's hard for me to say thank you. Well, you just said thank you. By telling me it's too hard, <laughs> you know? Man, be thankful. Show your gratitude. Show your thankfulness in life. I promise you, this scripture verse will change your life. Focus on the positive and not your past failures. Of, of course, you can learn from your past, but live a life filled with gratitude. I believe when we live a life of gratitude, then more opportunities will open up for us. So first, thank the Lord for everything and allow that thankfulness to flow out of your life and into each other and into other situations. Allow God's thankfulness to flow in and through you and into other situations. So today, in closing, and I know I kind of rushed through this, and it was short for a reason because we're going to honor our graduates here. But I just want to read a portion of the scripture that I read to you. It says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Stay hungry for the Lord. Live in humility. And live a life full of passion, purpose, and gratitude. Try these tips that I've shared with you today. I believe you'll be happy that you did. I promise you, you'll be happy you did. Now let me pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and the band's coming out. And we're going to sing a song here in just a minute. I'm going to come up and close this out. But you know what? You'd say, you know what, Pastor Tony? Man, you hit on this or you hit on that in my life or you hit on this or whatever it may be. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to do that. But I am going to ask you to respond this way. Just simply say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me to live a life full of, of passion, purpose, and gratitude. Lord, help me. Lord, to, to live a life of humility. Lord, help me, Lord, to, to uh, be humble in all situations. But Lord, more than anything, help me, Lord, to stay hungry for you.